And hello there, Peter Mansbridge here. You are just moments away from the latest episode of The Bridge. It's Thursday, it's your turn, and this one is different. That's coming right up. And hello there, Peter Mansbridge here in Toronto today. Uh, This is a different your turn. I mean, usually your turns are full of uh, a kind of vim and vigor that is challenging each other on big issues of the day. We've had, most of January, we've had big, big issues, big thinking. This one's different. You'd ask, many of you had asked anyway, give us a break. Give us one week where we can just, like, enjoy the moment and not have to think too deeply. Well, in a way, that kind of backfired because some of the thinking that's gone into today's question, which is simple by its nature, the question was, name the one thing that you find best about winter in Canada. Okay, that sounds pretty easy, right? But I said, you know, be innovative. I mean, let's not all come up with the same easy answer. Let's think about it. What is it about winter that you like? And I guess in some ways it sort of strikes to the heart and soul of what it's like being Canadian. (laughs) Because winter is our thing, right? Lots of answers. So enough from me. Let's get to you and your, your thoughts on that question. Starting with Wade Taylor in Caledonia, Ontario. Winter in Canada is a reset. Having traveled to many countries that don't have our seasons, they tend to appear worn out, cracked, and aging. Every spring, Canada gets washed and blooms again for a lush summer. Brian Hoyle, Bedford, Nova Scotia. My number one Canadian winter pleasure is the early morning light. It differs from the light of a summer sunrise. Everything stands out in sharper relief in contrast to the hazier, often misty summer mornings around here. A winter day is defined early. A summer day reveals itself more gradually. Lawrence Rainey in Muskoka, Ontario. What is it about winter? The hockey season. John Mullen, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. This answer has changed over time. It was once playing hockey. Then the answer turned to watching hockey. I'm turning 60 this year and things change. My answer now is a good five or six month break from the insects. Still enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs though. That's a close second. Nancy Brown Anderson from Georgetown, Ontario. No mosquitoes, no black flies, no deer flies, no horse flies, no fruit flies, no earwigs. While I'm Willing to tolerate them throughout the remainder of the year for the sake of the birds and frogs, I relish the few months' reprieve from their presence that winter brings. Catherine Springle in Calgary. The great gift of the cold weather is the death of troublesome and often disgusting creeping, crawling, and flying bugs. As climate change leads to milder winters and malaria-bearing mosquitoes, black widows, ticks, and pine beetles expand their range and their damage, we will come to appreciate those weeks when it's minus 30 degrees. 
Jacqueline Boss in Ajax, Ontario. Winter gives us a change to our wardrobe, making last year's clothes feel new again. I especially look forward to cozy sweaters and soft slippers. When the snow falls, you'll find me sitting by the window, wrapped in a blanket with a mug of hot tea and a good book, such as How Canada Works. (laughs) Occasionally, I take my eyes from the book to watch the falling snow, creating a postcard scene. It mesmerizes me. The pure white snow covering the ground has a calming effect on me. Darlene Steriker in Kitchener, Ontario. I love winter because it's not summer. No humidity, no mosquitoes, lots of covers on the bed, and the ability to dress to a comfort level. Suzanne Shear in Orillia, Ontario. My favorite thing about winter is knitting. There's nothing more warm and cozy and relaxing than sitting by our fireplace with a big soft ball of wool beside me, knitting a hat, a scarf, or mitts for friends or family as I sip on a big mug of hot cocoa and big fluffy white snowflakes fall outside on our yard. (laughs) Some great images here, right? Ian Hebblethwaite in Moncton. Outdoor activities, particularly snowshoeing, The winter offers opportunities to venture places that you cannot get to when it's not frozen. My personal favorite is a local reservoir that can be explored via the frozen surface. Be careful out there. Florence Hunter in Laniel, Quebec. I spend a winter month each year at our cottage where living is simple. It begins with stoking the wood stove, hauling pails of water from a hole in the ice, filling the wood box, snowshoeing the endless trails, and reading through a stack of books without interruption. Brenda Hanlon Davies in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. For a northerner, just one word. What do I like best about winter? One word. Spring. (laughs) Carrie Zafiro in Niagara Falls, Ontario. I think most Canadians feel the best part of winter in Canada is that it makes you appreciate spring and summer even more. Carolyn Black in Waterloo, Ontario. What I love most about Canadian winters is the promise of spring. Even a month after the hibernal solstice, the days are noticeably longer and the birds have started to sing a bit again. Both reminders that the snow and grey will not last forever. Barbara Pratt in Whitehorse, Newfoundland. (laughs) Whitehorse. Whitehorse, Yukon. Sorry, Barbara. The thing I like best about winter in Canada is seeing the tracks that animals leave in freshly fallen snow. On a recent hike up the escarpment just behind our yard, we were able to read the diaries of seven different animals as they went about their day's work. The vole tunneling in and out of the fluffy snow, the squirrel leaping astonishing distances, the hare outpacing its front paws with the oversized prints of its hind feet, the fox softly padding a meandering trail, the deer browsing from twig to twig leaving a trail of dragging hoofs, the spruce goose, the spruce grouse pressing down a wandering trail with short steps, and the raven delicately whisking the fresh snow with its wing feathers as it takes to the air. Muriel Saner in Waterloo, Ontario. 
Winter heightens in my senses. Visual beauty of a snowy landscape with twinkling diamonds in the sun and moonlight. The distinctive sound of creaking, crunching snow on a cold, crisp day. And the touch of cold air filling my lungs and I breathe deeply. Winter is palpable. Francis Gwinnett in Port Alice, B.C. Here on the northern end of Vancouver Island, on the shores of a beautiful lake in an alternative energy, off-the-grid cabin, we have created a garden intermingled within West Coast wilderness. Spring, summer, fall, and yes, even winter, we garden and pick fresh produce. Today it's Swiss chard, purslane, and parsley. So... Gardening and harvesting in January, that's what I love about my winter in Canada. Scott Foster in Ottawa. The best thing about winter comes from something my father showed me when I was a kid. He first mentioned it during one of our snowshoeing treks deep into the woods, into the heart of Algonquin Park. Once there, he would ask, what do you hear? And I would say, nothing. To which he replied with much satisfaction, exactly. I recently replayed this conversation while cross-country skiing through some backcountry in Gatineau Park. There was a pin-drop silence because fresh snow has that unique quality of insulating all the sounds to the point where you are intensely aware of everything around you. It's kind of magical and very peaceful. Nicole Dodds in Edmonton. Our adult children both live out of the country. One is in Belfast, Northern Ireland, the other in Midland, Texas, where snow is uncommon. One of the best things about winter in Canada is sending iPhone photos of the first snowfall and winter scenes such as shoveling the driveway, trees laden with fresh snow, or the snowplow clearing the cul-de-sac, just to remind them of what they're missing and to make sure our five grandchildren see snow in all of its Canadian glory. We always get a reply back saying, beautiful, stay warm, and miss the snow and cold. Garth Wilson in Bowmanville, Ontario. I loved Canadian winters during my childhood. Maybe I might want something a little warmer now, but our our winters are truly unique, and one sound brings all that joy back. There's nothing like that crunch and squeaking beneath your feet as you walk over snow-covered trails on a cold winter's day. Or hearing the rhythmic crunch as blades cut through frozen ice on an open pond during a pond hockey game. Or that sound as the dipping temperature causes the lake ice to crack and moan like an echo of some sort of underwater Star Trek photon torpedo. These sounds make our winters come to life. Linda Keith in Richmond Hill, Ontario. This may sound crazy, but my favorite part of winter is shoveling the driveway. Well, not actually shoveling, although it's good exercise, but rather socializing with our neighbors. I live on a street of townhouses. The driveways are long and narrow. I share driveway with a neighbor. We often text each other to shovel together. At different times, each has done the other's driveway, and so each of us feels indebted to the other. As a result, sometimes it's a race to get there first. That said, when the snow is really deep, heavy, and the wind is swirling, we do wait for each other, shoveling together, resting together, laughing together. And others on the street join in. We call out encouragement to each other across the lawn or across the street. Maybe we ask if they're wrapping up. How long did yours take? Sometimes they come over and help us, or we help them. 
new to the neighborhood, what a great time to get to know each other. What a hand. What a hand there. Linda Spears in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Isn't this great? I like traveling the country here. Linda Spears in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. For me, it's the distinct tingling feeling that we get in our face when we come in from prolonged activities in these frigid temperatures. It doesn't matter if it's skating, walking, snowshoeing, or something else. When the warm air inside envelops us, the red cheeks tingle and we're that same child who has come in from making a snowman. Sarah McDonald in Toronto. My favorite part of winter is the feeling you get after having spent the day outside in the cold and snow, perhaps skiing, hiking, skating, skating, sledding, or skating. Although you're cold, you're bundled up, and it's not so bad. Then you get to come inside to warm up. You feel proud of yourself for enduring the cold for so long and that you're appreciating winter, not just surviving it. Marnie Kell in Oakville, Ontario. I delight in watching my dog stretch and roll and make dog snow angels in a fresh snowfall. He even enjoys eating some of the white fluffy flakes on our deck and during walks. Pure joy. Harold Gold in Calgary, Alberta. I'm getting up there in years, not unlike yourself. Careful, Harold. And I'm finding my tolerance for Canada's winter weather starting to wane. I used to enjoy snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, and other outdoor activities during the winter months. Not so much these days, though. What I do enjoy still is seeing, usually on the local news, children who come to Canada and experience their first ever snowfall. The joy on their faces and in their hearts having come to what I would say is the best country in the world. Marilyn Wallace in Fanny Bay, British Columbia. That's on the east coast of Vancouver Island, an hour north of Nanaimo. There's a special coziness that can only be known by Canadians during their winters. The warmth of a steaming, frothy cup of hot chocolate after ice skating in the brisk winter air. The crackling charm of the wood burning in the fireplace as you nestle nearby with a great book. Even at 30 below, the invincible warmth when you are bundled up with chunky, thick snow boots frozen fuzzy mittens, and a Hudson Bay toque. These Canadian pleasurable memories are only possible in a winter frame of mind. Lucky us. You got it. Travis Moore in Ottawa. I live across the street from the best pub in Ottawa. I won't tell you what it's called because I don't want more people going there and spoiling the vibe. On cold, snowy winter nights... I look out my window, and since there's nothing else to do in the bitter cold, I wander down there, belly up to the bar, and enjoy a fresh pint. The hockey game on TV, hey, leaves one last night, and occasionally hot wings, all whilst taking part in good banter with the other pub regulars and the bartender. The only time I can indulge in this activity guilt-free is in the dead of winter, when there's nothing else to do. Come spring, I spend more time outdoors working off those winter pints. Robin Ward in Edmonton. The visuals, snow rusting on evergreen tree boughs is my very favorite visual thing, visual image in nature. Winter light is soft and subtle and my favorite light of the year. You may recall these two items, but for me, they go together. They are nature's gifts to us.
Ross Harrison in Winnipeg, or Winterpeg, as he says. What I really embrace is the light. As an avid amateur photographer, winter light here on the prairies is simply incredible. Photography can be distilled down to light and location. Low sun angles, cold air, clear skies, and crisp snow all bring greater detail, along with longer, more dramatic shadows. How could you not be moved to enjoy the landscape? Valerie Little, an expat Canadian living in Kent, Washington, that's just south of Seattle, skating on the Rideau Canal during Winterlude. That's in Ottawa, right? I lived in Ottawa for eight years in the 80s and loved this annual winter festival that brought people together to celebrate the cold. Just opened the canal just, what, last week, the week before? And last night they had to close it because the temperatures are too warm. Now, hopefully it'll reopen again next week. But um, they didn't want to ruin the ice this weekend. Um, we Actually, we got a couple of letters on on the canal, Gordon Taylor in Toronto wrote, I was listening to the bridge on the way home after having been in the Ottawa area for a few days, and the best winter thing to do for me is to skate on the Rideau Canal. It just epitomizes being Canadian. Seeing families on the ice, infants being pulled along on sleds, everybody smiling, enjoying the simplicity of skating. Having a beaver tail and a hot chocolate doesn't hurt either. Alan Mendez in Vancouver Alan's a former Albertan. And this is this hurts. Being able to play golf while the rest of you are freezing for most of the winter. A bit wet out here occasionally, but at least I can still be outdoors swinging the clubs. Yes, you can. Snowbird Mike Rigo. He's from Cambridge, Ontario when he's in Canada, but winter means he goes to Arizona. My wife and I get to host lots of family and friends who also want to escape the winter, even if just for a few days versus several months. Michelle Dextras in Canada, Ontario. What do I like about winter? It's my chance to go to warmer climes. Portugal this year, I leave on Friday. <laughs> Rob Bjarnison in Carberry, Manitoba. The aspect I love most about winter is the character development and sense of Canadian identity that it fosters. Winter helps develop resilience and a stoic acceptance of the harsh adversity that life can present. It also helps develop a sense of appreciation and respect for the beauty and power of nature. Clinton Yerke in Lloydminster, Saskatchewan. Snowmobiling. The sheer ecstasy and joy of driving across a pristine snowy landscape is beyond words. For anyone who has not yet experienced the thrill of breaching a crest of powder, well, find the opportunity to get out on the snow with friends and enjoy one of Canada's best innovations. Here, here, you're right about that. I certainly remember my snowmobiling days. With some of the original snowmobiles up in Churchill, Manitoba, and then uh, in the fields of southwestern Ontario. Mark Rennick in Guelph. Because I'm a long-haul truck driver, I would say being at home with a hot beverage when the weather is cold and snowy is my favorite thing. I love hearing from truckers, and I hear from quite a few of them uh, because they listen on Sirius XM while they're driving their trucks or they download the podcast crossing the country. It's great. Doug 
voles or vowels in Brighton, Ontario. The best thing about winter for me is not having to mow the lawn or do any of the other yard work needed during the other three seasons. And I've noticed that the need for snow shoveling seems to be dropping off as the climate changes. Or is that my perception of what needs to be shoveled has changed with age? Richard Volkoviak. Volkoviak in Toronto. The one thing that I like about Canada in winter can be summed up in one word that defines Canada, wilderness. Close your eyes and imagine Canadian winter wilderness from the wild wind blown west coast of uh, Vancouver Island, the snow-capped backcountry of the majestic Rocky Mountains, the wind-swept forever ongoing prairies, the untamed and ever-changing Arctic tundra, the rough and rugged Canadian shield and boreal forest, the wild winter storms and ice formations of the Great Lakes, the Laurentians, maple and pine trees living harmoniously together, the beauty and culture of the Gas Bay say no more, the welcoming friendliness of the Maritimes. Canadian winter wilderness is like no other the world over. We should be so very thankful for it. Now get out and enjoy it. From B.C. to Newfoundland and Labrador. And up into the Arctic. That's nice, Richard. Thank you for that. It felt like being in a drone, sort of hovering across the country from west to east. Mavis Lowry in Vancouver. Mavis grew up in northern Alberta. What I like best about Canadian winters are the stories I can tell. I have planned Canada foster children around the world and write them letters that they often share with their communities and their schools. Letters they seem to enjoy most are those about what winter is like here and what Canadian children do in winter. Imagine the seven-year-old girl in Myanmar or Honduras showing her class the story and photo of my four-year-old great-grandson standing next to a towering, elegantly dressed snowman wearing his new snowsuit toque, high-top winter boots deep in the white snow. So many winter stories to tell children far away. Um, Some great stories here. We should take our break and come back. There's lots more to go, and there's still the random ranter, of course, because it's Thursday. Random Ranters on EVs, electric vehicles, again, this week. He's had a number of commentaries on that and always provoke a lot of discussion. But back to your letters on winter right after this. Welcome back. You're listening to The Bridge, the Thursday episode. It's your turn and the Random Ranter coming up in a few minutes' time. I'm Peter Mansbridge in Toronto. You're listening on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks, or on your favorite podcast platform. Back to your letters. The question of the week was, name one thing about winter that you find the best in Canada. And I, I love the images that we've been hearing so far. I mean... It's poetic, some of what you write. It's quite something. Um, Okay. Let's move it along here. Scott Young in Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories. 
Your question this week resonates with us in the North quite intimately, as we are in the dead of it right now. We just survived two straight weeks of minus 40 degrees and colder. You or your listeners might be thinking, what can you possibly enjoy about winter in the North being that cold? Well, I'll give you a few quick examples that all have the same common denominator. My family has been in the North for almost 16 years, and we have lived in Fort Smith, Hay River, Anuvik, and now Yellowknife. In Anuvik, I love going to visit an elder friend that used to live in her cabin 50 kilometers from town out in the bush. I would go see her at night, no matter how cold, on a snowmobile and bring her caribou stew. We'd sit, have tea, and she'd tell stories. In Yellowknife, every year in late February or March, a group of friends and I went caribou hunting out on the barren islands, 200 clicks from the city. We had to travel there by ice road, then skidoo 20 or 30 clicks to find the caribou. It was three to four days and nights of hardship and suffering in the cold, but we got to harvest meat for our families and the community and got to share and tell stories. Finally, I love cross-country skiing on Great Slave Lake with my family. It brings pure joy. The common denominator, being out on the, on the, excuse me, being out on the land and enjoying the vastness this country has to offer with the people we love, even in the winter. Jennifer Reason in Ellicottville, New York. That's about an hour south of Buffalo. I'm a Canadian citizen born and raised in southern Ontario. I've been in the U.S. for over 20 years now and have lived for most of the time in more southern states where we didn't have a four distinct seasons. My favorite thing about winter in Canada is just to see the way Canadians plug away at their day-to-day lives, in spite of what can sometimes be nasty weather. I love the winter boots, the toques, the salty cars, and the slush on the street that has always reminded me of the cookie dough my mother used to make when I was a little kid. Yeah, I know, that sounds weird. Sure, there are more majestical things about Canadian winter, but I really think my favorite thing is to witness everyday Canadians slogging it out during what can sometimes be wicked winter weather. Derek Andrews in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Here's what Derek writes. Stargazing. This is a new activity for me, born from COVID's long days and nights, when finding things to pass the time at home became a sport of sorts. The beauty of our Canadian winter skies demands attention, and I now cherish the clear, crisp evenings, stepping out with binoculars in one hand, perhaps a dram of scotch in the other, to settle into an old lawn chair and look up. With my back to the North Star, I can gaze upon the magnificence of Orion with the brilliance of Sirius to his left, and neighboring star clusters, dazzling in blues and oranges to his right. It's a nightly spectacle that resets the day, a reminder that despite what's happening here on our little patch of earth, these celestial bodies will return unchanged year after year as they have for millennia. Sometimes a little perspective is all we need to take on the next day. You know, Derek now has an annual backyard stargazing festival in his backyard. 
he sent the timetable that shows a start time of 3.30. <laughs> Includes crafts, contests, dancing and food, and ends at 8 p.m. So that's 3.30 in the afternoon, <laughs> if you're wondering. That's a few drams between 3.30 and 8 o'clock. Faith Davis in Edmonton. Here's what Faith writes. This is what she enjoys most about winter in Canada. The people. We just had a citizenship party for my spouse on a minus 38 degree day. Out of town guests were sensible and sent regrets, but local guests arrived in cars and on foot. The entry to our house was stacked with boots, heavy coats, extra pants, hats, mittens, and scarves. People brought food and gifts, including maple syrup and Canadian rye. A neighbor played the log driver's waltz on the violin as a gift. We marked the event with O Canada, and I was amazed at the joyous sound produced. Yes, winter in Canada brings out warm hearts and sparkly minds, and I'm grateful I didn't cancel this event because of the unusual cold. Um, Dallas McDougall. Dallas is in, wait for it, Brisbane, Australia. Listens to the bridge. Like so much in life, you don't know what you have until it's gone. I write this as I sit on a 34-degree summer's day in Australia. Growing up on the prairies in Manitoba, there's nothing quite like a cold, still night where you can hear a CN freight train as clear as a bell a mile down the road. As you walk outside, an unmistakable fresh smell is hard to describe, but I'm sure anyone who knows cold understands as it catches your nose while the moisture freezes on an inhale. Until I no longer had regular prairie winters in my life, I didn't realize how much I missed that. (laughs) Mike McNaughton, London, Ontario. I'm a dairy farmer, cash cropper, and try to slow down and relax a little more during the winter months. The big topic in agriculture in the last few years has been about soil health, and our farm has drastically changed our practices in the last couple of years to improve our soil quality. I don't think most people understand that the soil is a living organism with millions of microbes doing their part to help grow crops. The winter months offer our soils much needed time off. We ask a lot of our soils, and they deserve some time off just as much as I do. It's great, Mike. Making us think, right? You know, I because I'm back and forth between Toronto and Stratford, Ontario quite a bit. It's a drive of about an hour and a half, two hours on a bad traffic day. But you pass a lot of fields, a lot of farmers' fields. And I don't think I've ever thought about soil the way you've just described it. But I will from now on as I'm making that that commute. So thank you for that. Uh, Jody Mills. 
writes from, uh, she says, somewhere in New Brunswick. The best thing about winter in Canada is snow days. Those are special, unexpected, fun days with your kids who normally are over the moon for the snow. I love seeing the twinkle in their eyes when they realize it's a snow day. We've had some really good snow days and snow day memories. Yeah, we all, we've all had those, eh? There was nothing like, you know, waking your son or your daughter up in the morning and say, snow day. You don't have to go to school today. Now, as Jody says, for some parents, that's great because you get to spend the day with your kids. For other parents, it can be a real problem in a household where the parents work and have to go into work. And then, so then you have an issue. You've got to figure out a way that your, your child is going to be looked after that day or you're going to have to take the day off. But snow days, yeah, snow days bring a smile to your face. No doubt about that. Uh, here's another one from British Columbia. This is from Kelly Cosgrove in Pemberton, B.C. And I think it's it's the last one we're going to read this week. Keep in mind, we get lots of letters. The letters that make it onto the show were maybe half the letters that come in, maybe less than half. We get a lot. And we just put, try to put a reflection of, of what you've had to say on, on the issue. Um, and there's some pretty good letters that don't make it on. Uh, sad to say, but there's only room for so many. And we'll pick one out of this list of letters uh, who will receive the signed copy of one of, one of my books. I've had lucky enough to have had four bestsellers over the last few years. And um, I'll be sending out a copy of one of them to today's winner as well. It's not necessarily the last book, uh, How Canada Works, uh, but it'll be one of the books. Could be Extraordinary Canadians. Could be Off the Record. It could be one-on-one. It'll be one of those books, okay? All right, let's uh, get to Kelly Cosgrove's letter from Pemberton, B.C., I've lived in and near a ski resort town for 30 years now. And the part I love best about winter is the people I get to meet from around the world on the chairlifts and gondolas. On days when I'm on my own, just heading up for a few runs before work, I love doing quick laps through the singles line and meeting new people on each lift. It's a great opportunity to learn a little bit of where they're from share some local knowledge, or bump into friends and have a good chat while riding up. Sometimes a gondola ride can be non-chatty, and that's when I also love to silently take in the views and just listen to the different languages people are speaking. It's truly special to witness how each person experiences the mountains. Okay, those are your letters for this week. And lots of fabulous images about winter. You know, the easy thing about winter, especially on a bad winter day, is to say, oh, God, I hate winter. I wish, wish it was summer. Well, in fact, what you've reminded us of this week 
is how wonderful winter can be, how special winter can be, how we're lucky to have it, and how memories last a lifetime of some of our winters. Okay, we'll spend a few minutes here and pick a winner. In the meantime, it's time for the Random Ranter. Now, if you've been listening to the Ranter since he started, which is, well, more than a year and a half now, since he started, it was an experiment at the beginning. You know, the ranter, we've never named him other than to say he comes from the prairies. He's just an ordinary guy. Doesn't work for any political parties. Has a good job. Works every day. And once a week, he takes time out to give his, his thinking on one particular subject. And he has a, a wide range of opinion on a lot of things. One of the constants he's talked about, I think this is probably his third or fourth rant on the subject of electric vehicles. And it's always caused some commotion, especially among those who argue strongly for EVs. But the ranter knows his stuff. Uh, He has some interesting takes on things. And I think you've uh, probably noticed, if you've listened to him over time, that uh, many of his concerns have borne fruit. Which is interesting coming from a guy who believes in the concept. Okay, enough. Let's hear what, uh, what the ranter has to say. Today, first of all, I got to find his rant on my equipment buried under mountains of letters. Here we go, the random ranter for this week. Electric vehicles are far from perfect. Just like anything else, they have their shortcomings. If you know about them before you buy, you can certainly make them work. And apparently, If you didn't know, or you chose a best-case scenario approach to them, and it didn't work out, well, that's national news. All the hype with EVs has created a lot of unreasonable, uninformed expectations. And in our mad rush to electrify everything, there are cases where we've blown past their practical limits. I mean, how else do you explain a 10,000-pound electric Hummer that goes 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds. It's crazy. But as EVs get beyond the early adapters and into the hands of everyone else, the truth about them is emerging. And the truth is, they're not for everybody. So let me manage some expectations with some simple facts about EVs. And to be clear, none of this is anecdotal. Everything I'm about to say is backed up from published, reputable, searchable sources. So when I say lithium-ion batteries don't like the cold, it's not just me saying it. It's chemistry. And chemistry says that below minus 20, you lose significant range. I'm talking 30 to 50%. Plus, and this is a big one, they charge slower when it's cold. EVs also weigh significantly more than a gas car, and they accelerate faster, much faster. Physics being physics, that makes them more likely to be in accidents. 
How much more? Well, a study from a European insurer pegs it at 50% more likely. And when it comes to electric trucks, despite the fact that they can accelerate like a rocket ship and pull like a locomotive, towing with them will reduce your range by up to half. So towing in the cold? Good luck. Now, if you have an EV and love it, you're probably thinking this is just another ranter hit job. But it's not. I believe in EVs. They're part of the climate change solution. They're fantastic if you approach them with the right expectations and in the proper configurations. I mean, if you tow, if you often drive long distances, if you don't have a way to charge at home, then maybe an EV isn't for you. But they are for a lot of people. And honestly, some of the concerns are overstated, like range. I mean, most people don't drive enough in a day to have to worry about range. Even when it's cold, a 50% charge on pretty much any EV is still at least three times the average Canadian commute of 43 kilometers a day. If you want to save money on fuel, then charging at home at 15 cents a kilowatt hour is the way to go. Do the math. If you have a 50 kilowatt hour battery that gets you 400 kilometers of range, that's just $7.50. That's a lot of driving for less than a Frappuccino at Starbucks. Look, not everyone's driving needs are suited to an EV, but many are. What happens in the future is largely dependent on who wins the hearts and minds of consumers. Elon Musk believes the future is self-driving electric cars and that everything else will be akin to a horse and buggy. The chairman of Toyota believes battery electric vehicles will reach at most 30% market share, with the rest taken up by hybrids, hydrogen fuel cell, and fuel-burning cars. Me? Well, I think the practical place to start transitioning from gas would be to immediately shift to more hybrids. That way we could reduce emissions in the short term and allow more time for the zero-emission technologies to catch up. Because clearly, they still have a way to go. There you go. The random ranter on EVs right here on the bridge. Um, I know some of you are going to have thoughts about that. Send them along to the Mansbridge Podcast at gmail.com. The Mansbridge Podcast at gmail.com. Some of you have written that as much as you're enjoying the new format, and it has been extremely popular, the new format for Thursdays, um, you miss the opportunity to also weigh in on particular issues of the day. Well, I hear you on that, and I'm happy to uh, accept letters on everything. I read every letter that comes in, no matter what's about. Um, and I, I may try to make room for a couple of minutes each week on uh, some other issues, and whether it's about EVs or whether it's about Trudeau Polyev or whether it's about whatever it's about, Trump, you know, send your thoughts along. And, you know, if I can make room for them, I will. All right? The main concept, though, we're going to continue on with this naming one thing that blah, blah, blah. I haven't picked next top, next week's topic out yet, but I will soon, and we'll announce it on Monday morning uh, or Monday afternoon or Monday night, whenever it is you listen to uh, uh, to the bridge. And uh, you can get involved in that one as well. Um, there are lots more possibilities. 
and it's been fun so far. And as I said, uh, we've heard from a tremendous number of new listeners. Uh, well, they may not be new listeners, but they are clearly new to writing to the program. Uh, some of you, in fact, have claimed you've heard from the very first episode of The Bridge. Well, that audience has grown quite a bit. As you know, we're, we're approaching now 11 million downloads in, uh, in three years, which is uh, a staggering number of downloads for a podcast. It's a funny it's a funny system trying to understand it, but clearly there's a community out there who listen to the bridge, and it's wonderful to hear from them. And it's been terrific hearing from you uh, this week on, on on your thoughts about winter. Okay, it's time to um, it's time to give you the winner. Um, this will be our first winner from Atlantic Canada. Keep in mind those terms, right? The Maritimes are. Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Prince Edward Island. Atlantic Canada includes those three plus Newfoundland and Labrador. So this is our first winner from Atlantic Canada. And who is it? We'll be receiving the signed copy of one of my books. A lot of trouble for a book. Derek Andrews from Fredericton, New Brunswick. His story about stargazing, which, you know, in all honesty can be applied to almost any time of the year that you can get into a quiet spot away from city lights and look at the look at the sky, but it is particularly special in the winter. Let me read Derek's letter one more time. Stargazing. This is a new activity for me, born from COVID's long days and nights when finding things to pass the time at home became a sport of sorts. The beauty of our Canadian winter skies demands attention, and I now cherish the clear, crisp evenings, stepping out with binoculars in one hand, perhaps a dram of scotch in the other, to settle into the old lawn chair and look up. With my back to the North Star, I can gaze upon the magnificence of Orion, with the brilliance of Sirius to his left and neighboring star clusters dazzling in blues and oranges to his right. It's a nightly spectacle that resets the day, a reminder that despite what's happening here on our little patch of Earth, these celestial bodies will return, unchanged, year after year, as they have for millennia. Sometimes a little perspective is all we need to take on the next day. Thank you, Derek, for that. Good luck with your uh, stargazing festival that you've started in your backyard. Derek, uh, send me another email with your proper postal address, and I'll get you a copy of the book, a book, uh, in the next few days. It should be there. All right. That wraps her up for this day. Tomorrow, Friday, good talk. Available on, on normal platforms, plus... Our YouTube edition, you can see it there as well with Chantelle Bear and Bruce Anderson. We'll talk about the issues of the week. Saturday morning, if you haven't subscribed already to The Buzz, that's my weekly newsletter. It comes out at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, delivered into your mailbox free. Subscribe now. Just go to nationalnewswatch.com and look for the Peter Mansbridge newsletter subscription thing. you just got to fill in a couple of things, your email, etc. 
um, and you should start getting it this Saturday morning. If you wait until Saturday, you won't get it until next week. That's the buzz. It's kind of a fun little thing. I put together five or six stories that I found interesting during the week. Sometimes tell a little anecdote around them. And uh, as I said, it's free. So go for it. All right. I'm Peter Mansbridge. Thanks so much for listening today. Have a great day and we'll uh, talk again in 24 hours.